Welcome to the Chopped Guillotine Fantasy Football Podcast with your host, Joe Harris. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome into the Chopped Guillotine Podcast. I'm your host, Joe Harris, and we have had an absolutely fantastic week of guillotine fantasy football to open us up. Week one could not have been more exciting. It could not have been more unpredictable. We had midweek trades. We had absolute catastrophic collapses. And most importantly, we had a man at the very end of his rope find salvation on Monday Night Football. We had a fantastic time, and I am very, very glad that each and every one of you is listening so that you may understand not only what it's like to be in a guillotine fantasy football league if you don't have the opportunity to be in one yourself, but also to learn what it takes to not just be in a guillotine fantasy football league, but to win it. You will learn through the failures of myself and my friends who I have tricked into joining guillotine fantasy football leagues with me, what to do, what not to do, what's going to keep you alive, what's going to get you chopped. And so, without further ado, we're going to get into what went wrong and what went right in week one. So to start out, there were a good handful of duds. In week one, there's always going to be duds. There's going to be players who just don't live up to the expectation that you drafted them to be goose eggs across the board for players like T. Higgins, Dallas Goddard, and very sadly, Aaron Rodgers. I have seen something absolutely incredible. I have seen someone draft all three of these players And he walked away from the fires, the flaming poos that these players left in their path. And he remained unscathed. He's alive. He's still with us. His name is Grant Green. I thought for sure he would be our first guest on the podcast, but no. He pulled through with an absolute clutch play. The Dallas defense and special teams remains undefeated. Surely they will be on his roster until the end of his days. Additionally, if any of you have listened to episode five, where I sat down with my good friend, Grant Himmelman, where we talked about his absolute tragic week one last year, he was almost, he was almost in for it back to back. Truly, he, it was looking very rough, but Grant is a man who listens to this podcast just like you out there. He's very smart and he knows That when it's looking rough, you don't have to just sit there and take it. He, knowing what I've told you all, he knew to keep his latest player playing in his lineup. He knew to keep that player in his flex. He knew he needed to have that spot open in case all things started going wrong. He needed to be sure that he had a flexible player that he could spend an inordinate amount of his free agent budget on to ensure his survival, and that's exactly what he did leading into Sunday Night Football. Manny Men 
when faced with this decision, would cower, would say, no, I'm not going to get scammed. He traded away over 40% of his budget, of his free agent acquisition budget, the lifeblood of his team, shipped it out along with Alan Lazard. Excuse me. Along with Alan Lazard for C.D. Lamb, a premier player at a premier position of need right as Grant needed him the most. He came through and he survived. He nearly had the incredible feat of being eliminated first two years in a row, which would have made an incredible podcast. I think we would have had to do a Grant Himmelman episode, like not even doing exit interviews on everyone else. Just sit down with him to understand why he was the way that he was. But fortunately, he pulled through. He was a Travis Kelsey owner, so now he is back and better than ever with Travis Kelsey locked in and CeeDee Lamb headlining his receiving core. He does not have any free agent acquisition budget, but he's still here, and that could and should be you. Next time, and there will be a next time, that you find yourself down in the dumps after the late window games and there's just two left and you need a hero do not be afraid to spend up on that hero one of the things i always like to say when i'm making a trade with someone whether it's before a week starts whether it's even midweek fab doesn't score you points players score you points and we do like to hold on to it i always say it's the lifeblood of your team and once you run out of it your team just starts decaying and it's true it does but it's better than being dead all i have to say all i have to say on that front we're going to be getting in now to interviews with three men who have had absolutely Terrible, rotten, no good, very, very bad weekends. If you had a bad weekend in fantasy, you're not alone. And I've got three of my very close friends who had probably, hopefully, worse weekends than you. We're going to be talking about what went right, what went wrong, and what they wish they had done differently. We're going to be getting right now to our first interview with Josh Lumby. And welcome in to our first exit interview that we're going to be conducting this year. This episode, we're going to have three full exit interviews for the three guillotine leagues that we're covering on this podcast. Our first guest of the season for our exit interviews is my good friend, Josh Lumby. Josh, how are you feeling today? Certainly bittersweet to be here. Um, It's always good to get on the podcast, but uh, not super happy about being the first out of the league, that's mm-hmm. for sure. You know, there, there's some ups and there's some downs. It, it does feel, I would imagine, good to be like the first guy who's getting his voice out there, who's letting his frustrations be known by the world, by the NFL, by the players that you started. They all listen to this podcast. For sure. For sure. So walk me through draft night, which is, you know, a, a lot of people – when they go out early, the draft night is really what they come back to. Walk me through yep. what went down for you on draft night. So I remember 
I was pretty busy on draft night, so I was in and out of the draft. So I was there for the, my first two picks, which were CeeDee Lamb and Lamar Jackson. Uh, I think I was drafted like one, 112 in the 18-person mm-hmm. league. So I was not too sad about those two first two picks. But then I kind of transitioned to the auto draft where I got players like Kamara who went and played in week one. And a bunch of guys that were questionable were just not the best picks. So that's yeah. kind of where we fell off the board there. And just wasn't, wasn't a great turnout. You know, it, it does happen. I think that a lot of the people who end up taking the L early are people who, for whatever reason, they had to auto draft. And so, you know, the players on ESPN or sleeper rankings, yeah. you know, they're, they're ranked for like the full season. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Whereas, You've got to be you've got to be ready for week one. You can't be rostering dudes yep. like like Jerry Judy, Alvin Kamara towards the top of your roster. Yeah, and I can't remember the two running backs I was starting week one, but collectively they were projected like ten points. So <laughs> they I think, were. I think the overall projection for me going into week one was maybe 90, 88, maybe. <laughs> so it, it, was, it wasn't great. But. It was around there. And any time that you're starting the. Houston Texans backup running back. Yeah. Playing against the Baltimore Ravens. That's a, we, we've seen better recipes for success. For sure. In our time. So sure. outside of the draft, which, you know, you left, you didn't feel superb about it. Leading up to week one, was there any thought of, I'm going to make a move, I'm going to trade away some of the fab in my account? Looking back, I most certainly should have. Yeah. <laughs> um, maybe to pick up a running back for – so I think I had Lamar and then my – I can't remember who my second quarterback was. Maybe like a golf or Stafford or something who mm-hmm. didn't end up doing super terrible week one. So maybe I could have got a better running back out of that. Yeah. But I think going into it, I was just looking for either Lamar or like CD or JSN to just get like 30 points. Right. Someone to go crazy. It was quite the opposite of what happened. I know. And, you know, there are a lot of success stories of like, oh, my God, I need 40 points from mm-hmm. Stefan Diggs and Monday Night or I'm Toast. And then he goes and cooks with yep. 45. But there's a lot more stories of guys who say, I need one of these guys to just go off. And, yep. Yep. and they don't. Which is sad. It is sad. What, were, what was the thought process throughout the games on Sunday? seeing that projection go from around 100 to around 90 to... So I was uh, playing in the, the Rams golf tournament on Sunday. So I was just kind of checking in on ESPN, seeing how my guys were doing. And every time I looked, it was... I think the I had the... Maybe the Ravens defense, like the Browns defense, one of the two, I think. Mm-hmm. And they were the high point of my team, which is never good. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was... Like I was, the projection never went up. It was right. always going down, and you know Lamar had about four points at half, and just kind of struggled there. And with on Monday night, I was like, okay, maybe CD Lamb will pop off, but you know, the Dallas decided to score other ways. They did. So <laughs> maybe the Dallas defense would have been a better draft. <laughs> Honestly, yeah. I, everyone who drafted the Dallas defense mm-hmm. completely lucked into a safe week one. Oh yeah. Well, I guess there's only one question. There's actually, there's two questions now that I think about it. The first of which is, did you listen to any of this podcast before the season started? 
I should have. Lucas Parrish, my guy. <laughs> he recommended it to me. Um, because I think he used to do one as well, or something mm-hmm. similar. So he was kind of running me through pre-draft on what to do. And, you know, as I'm sitting in this chair right now, I didn't really listen to him. <laughs> so I most certainly should have. Maybe I wouldn't be sitting here, but, yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, there there's just a lot of rules that we try to lay out at the beginning of every season. Mm-hmm. This is how you draft. This is how you set up for week one. And, you know, if, if you're unfamiliar with that, then you run certain risks. And so for the very last question of today's interview, the last question of our first guest of the season, what do you have to say to either your league mates or to the players who were on your team who let you down? The floor is yours. Okay. I got you. So to my league mates, whoever has Josh Allen as your quarterback, I mean, I'd, I'd trade him for like Mitchell Trubisky or something because <laughs> – I mean, he is just <laughs> terrible, bro. Four turnovers, bottom 10 in the league, bro. Get him out of there. But, yeah, that's about it. That's about it. You have, you have nothing. <laughs> All right. No, I like it. I, I, saw, um, I saw someone say that Josh Allen is just the white James Winston. That is a factual statement. Which I think is it's beautiful that we've come full circle back to a James Winston in the NFL. Oh, we've yeah. needed it for a oh, long yeah. time. Well, with that, Josh... Thank you very much for being here, talking to me. You know, it, it's the mark of a good man to sit down and admit mm-hmm. when he's when he's done wrong and when he's been defeated. Absolutely. And so don't go anywhere. We're going to be right back with our next exit interview after this word from our sponsors. And we're back. Thank you for listening to that word or words from our sponsor. We have the second interview of this season, the second exit interview we have with me today, my good friend, Ethan Gonzalez. Ethan, how does it feel to be on a podcast for the first time? You know, it's a pretty interesting feeling. Uh, I think I have a lot of good things to say, so I'm oh, for this. You know, that makes me either really excited or really nervous, and in about five minutes, I'm going to know which one of those I should be feeling. So, to start us off, I want to ask you about your draft. What was the process? What was the experience? Did you feel like you knew what you were doing? when you were drafting this team yeah so i had a little bit of an idea going in you know it's a guillotine style so i gotta play you know these early weeks but i think one of the crucial uh, mistakes that i made in this draft jonathan taylor was dropping really 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 low Mm. and when it gets to those lower rounds where you're just picking for upside i was like i had a bite on him yeah i've been a little too early (laughs) i was like maybe he can get that contract sorted out and then week three or four he could go um, but that I didn't make it that far. You didn't. You know, I, I will say that of all three people who got eliminated this week from the leagues that were participating in for this podcast, all three of them drafted either Alvin Kamara or Jonathan Taylor. Yeah, it's it was an unfortunate mistake, you know, but it is, you know, it, and it goes back to something that we said um, in episode seven when you're talking about players that you want to target and players that you want mm-hmm. to avoid. When you're taking a guy like that with your fifth or sixth round pick, you're counting on that to be your fifth or sixth best player. Yeah. And if your fifth or sixth best player doesn't score points, then you're, you know, you're hamstringing yourself to a degree that you don't have to do. You don't have to do yourself like that. That's that's very true. He did slip though to the 97th pick. Yeah. And and 97, 
I'm not saying that's a completely unreasonable spot to but take. But it him. was still a little too early. It know? was. I paid the price. You did. Yeah. You know, and and lots of other people paid the price on lots of other players. That that's how week one goes. You know, you you know when you draft that player that you're shooting for the moon. You're like, mm-hmm. okay, this is a big gamble. There's a 50-50 shot that like I lose real early. But if yeah. I don't, if I don't, then I'm in great shape. Yeah. But you've got to you've got to roll those dice for three or four weeks consecutively. It'll be really interesting to see who all I have on this podcast next week. Maybe someone who drafted a Cooper Cup. Maybe the other people who took Jonathan Taylor, or Alvin Kamara. I don't know. We will see. Yeah. Very shortly. So coming out of the draft, how did you feel about your team relative to everyone else in the league? Did you feel like there was? potential for you to have a problem or were you thinking like there's going to be no sweat i honestly was going in thinking there was no sweat i thought mm-hmm. i had a really good um really good team going in uh i had a couple stacks so yeah. i had that uh aaron Rodgers, delvin cook stack which mm. did not pan out um another stack that i had that didn't pan out i had Devontae adams and josh jacobs okay um, neither of them uh, did really anything. Um, also, another thing that really hurt, I had Deontay Johnson, who was oh, yeah. very injured. So, yeah, that was, that was a rough-looking hamstring injury, too. Yeah, it was bad. So, two of my best players, you know, they were injured. Couldn't really control that. Mm-hmm. They were out of the game. Um, I mean, really, we can boil some of this down, too. You drafted two Raiders players with your first two and picks. Like they, there's a and they did not perform, you know. Mm-hmm. And it's it's tough when your best player gets twelve point six, your second best doesn't crack ten. Yeah. And I'm not sure I'm not sure how many of the episodes of this podcast you had listened to before drafting, but we've made it we made it pretty clear that we strongly disincentivize drafting players who are pass catchers for a team if you've already drafted the running back for that team. Or quarterback in a running back stack. Like, a stack gives you super high upside. And so, like, if you're in a league where you're trying to win an individual matchup week to week, they could just be game-breaking. But they also give you a pretty enormous downside. Mm-hmm. Which is sad. We we were sad to see you go. I thought for certain that the man who drafted back-to-back Bengals receivers, Jamar Chase and T. Higgins... And then also picked up Alvin Kamara and Kirk Cousins in the third round. I thought for sure that he was going to be out, but no, yeah. he he pulled through. He made a midweek trade. I did see that. Yeah, at at three o'clock in the PM, I completed a trade with that very manager to give him hope. And I mean, would I change what I did? No, because I like I like what I got back in the trade, but. From the bottom of my heart, Ethan, truly I am sorry for allowing Cody Salka to do you like that. Yeah, I know Lucas, he was actually willing to offer me a trade. Oh, really? Um, I didn't hear about he this. He was going to take every dollar that I had. Um, All 500 But he was going to give me uh, someone else besides Delvin Cook. I don't remember who it was. All 500 is crazy. For, for a fighting chance, but at the end of the day, I, hmm. if I was going to survive in the league, I would need to make it past week one with all my money intact. If I get rid of all that, yeah. I'm not week two, so there's no difference. 100%. Yeah, you're at that point, you're just selling your soul for 
two more weeks in a league that you categorically can't win. Exactly. You know, I, I don't think there's anything wrong with trading a good chunk of fab, like if you're in a really tough spot going into a Monday night game, but there's no circumstance where you should be giving someone 500 whole smackaroos. We, we play our league 500 fab. That's probably it. We like doing that because then there's fewer tiebreakers. Makes more sense that way. Um, but yeah, I'm going to have to have a word with Lucas for trying to exploit you and people like you. So getting towards getting towards the end of our interview, when it was leading into Monday night before the tragedy that struck, mm-hmm. how are you feeling? Like, I'm, for, And for the record, I'm very impressed that you haven't brought up what happened on Monday night. Yeah. You so can go ahead. I, I'm a lifetime... Packers fan, so I have a lot of faith in Aaron Rodgers. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a little bittersweet that he's gone, but I know he's still a great player. And I really liked picking him in a lot of my leagues because he's ranked very low. I could snag him in the later rounds. Yeah. I know he's got some weapons on that Jets offense. So I thought that he was my steal of the draft, really, because I got him very late. He did. Um, But very unfortunate, not even four minutes into the game. I know. He is gone. Uh no real points from that. So that Mm-mm. really hurt quarterback. One of the biggest money positions out there. Yeah, totally. Points. So it was rough. I, no, needed, it... I think 17 points out of Dalvin Cook and Rodgers combined. Mm-hmm. And I just wasn't able to get it. Yeah. I mean, thinking about needing just 17 points from Dalvin Cook and Aaron Rodgers, like you, you were probably, if you needed 17 points, you probably would have gotten that with just Aaron Rodgers, oh, yeah. which is, which is what is so brutal sometimes about these leagues is just you can think that like I'm right there I just need this one thing to happen that it's so sure to happen right like either they run the ball a lot or they pass the ball a lot either yeah. way I'm chilling but the one thing that no one in a million years saw coming and you paid the price yeah so I'm sure there are plenty of people out here listening who suffered the same or at least similar fates. The lack of Aaron Rodgers not only makes Aaron Rodgers owners very unhappy, but anyone with Garrett Wilson, they, I mean, you had a shot at maybe the best wide receiver in fantasy just Mm -hmm. because of how Aaron Rodgers throws the ball to his number one guy. And now that's completely out the window. I'm stuck holding the bag on garrett wilson in multiple leagues so we're gonna see how that one shakes out um but yeah to to wrap us up mr gonzalez do you have anything you would like to say to the listeners anything to the league or anything even to the players on your team who let you down um nothing to the players you know they're they're just doing their thing um (laughs) respect but to the rest of the league um, Cody Salka is going to be next out. Oh, um, he's calling it. Well, I think that's what's going to happen. Cody Salka just spent most of his fab. Yeah, he, he knows. He knows. He knows. He knows it's him. He knows the guillotine's coming for him, and it's unavoidable at this point. <laughs> so we'll wait. We'll see. Um, I'm a lot more laid back now. I can sit back and enjoy the league. Yeah. Um, you can I'm just watch other people. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to be able to talk my shit. You know. You will. You know, because at at the end of the day. Is it does it suck to go out week one? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And like, you know, if you're someone like Alex Rudolph or Josh Lundby, who I had as my previous guest on this show, then you know what? You they should be a little embarrassed. 
about the nature in which they went out. But I, I think that because of the way you went out, if you had Aaron Rodgers give you six points mm-hmm. before, before having his injury, you would have been a okay. I think that you can hold your head high and absolutely talk shit on everyone else who gets eliminated from this league. Especially if they do so scoring fewer points than you did in week one. Yes. Thank you very much for that. You're welcome. And so with that, we're going to move on now to our final interview of the day with Alex Rudolph. And welcome back. We have our third and final interview of the week with the first veteran interview of someone getting eliminated. We've got Alex Rudolph. Alex, how are you doing today? I'm doing amazing. You don't sound like you're doing amazing. Well, I don't know. I've kind of been very busy recently. So mm. Not a lot of time to do anything. Certainly not enough time to take a dub in the Fantasy Guillotine League. Apparently not. Apparently not. So, Alex, normally on this show, I'm not sure how familiar you are with with the podcast. We like to... I've never watched it or listened to it. Wow. Fake as fuck over here. <laughs> I'm sorry. Whatever. So normally... When we get around to this interview, we say, you know, how did the draft go? What was your best midseason move? You know, what was a trade that you accepted that you should have accepted? We only have room for for a tiny little bit of that. So tell me about your draft. Well, I was very ready for this draft since I played last year. Mm-hmm. And I lasted until week 11. So much better than I did last year. Yeah. And, or this year. And uh, I ended up. Sort of, I always sort of go for more wide receivers than I do running backs. Totally valid, and yeah. I I guess that kind of was true. My wide receivers did much better than my running backs. Nope. Terry Williams and Joe Mixon were uh, they were very disappointing. Uh, they weren't terrible, but they were bust for what they were projected for. My biggest bust, though, uh, especially considering I expected him to do good week one, was Joe Burrow. He only had three points. And... In my draft, I was people were telling me not to draft Joe Burrow, and I guess they were right. You know, there's a there's something that we, or at least I, like to say on this show, and it's that when there's big red letters next to someone's name, you normally don't want to draft them. And Joe Burrow, he had that big red Q next to his name. Yeah, but you it know? didn't even seem to impact his play. He just did bad. He did do pretty bad. You know, I I think that we we had him pegged for maybe an avoid early on in the season just because he didn't take any preseason snaps. We saw last year that, you know, he didn't have any preseason because of his appendicitis and then came back and immediately lost to the Pittsburgh Steelers to Mitch Trubisky. Guys, Mitch Trubisky is 1-0 against Joe Burrow in case anyone's in case anyone's keeping track. Kissing titties. Kissing titties Mitch. What a guy. Was there any pick in your draft that sticks out to you was like, you know what? Even though I went out, this was a really good pick. Rashid, Rashid Shahid. Ooh. I am a Saints fan, so I love, like, they, they always get really good, like, low-round wide receivers. One of the best Saints wide receivers of all time, Marcus Colston, was yeah. a seventh-round pick. I have a jersey of his. It doesn't fit me anymore, but it's still a treasured possession of mine. For I sure. probably won't get rid of it because I just like it. But Rashid Shahid ended up getting 19 points on my bench, and if I'd started oh. him, I would have stayed in. But I didn't. I, I started Jaden Reed over him because I thought that Derek Carr would struggle a bit in this debut, and he kind of did. But mm-hmm. Rashid Shahid, like the wide receivers, all produced Chris Olave, Michael Thomas, at least in the beginning of the game, and Rashid Shahid all produced. They really did. It was kind of like it was kind of a fantasy football anomaly of like 
all three wide receivers for the Saints performed really well, and then Derek Carr's output was just. It was. I mean, it wasn't bad. He got a lot of yards, but he yeah. threw a, a terrible pick. But that's like a non-fantasy thing. That's just like a skill thing, right? And in fantasy, that that matters. But yeah, he, the, he did. He produced okay. But Rashid Shaheed getting 19 points on my bench, and Sam Howell getting 15 points on my bench. But I probably, I don't think anyone would have started him over Joe Burrow. <laughs> probably not. No, that uh, that that wasn't in the cards. So. Really great pick in Rashid Jaheed. I actually, I've got a bid out right now to pick him up, and my fingers are crossed that it goes through. In this guillotine league? Yeah, that very league. But um, better bet high because he's, he's on the up and up. He's I on the up and up, on, I know. I have him in another one, our dynasty league. Yeah. I have him there, and I started him in that one because that has a lot more players that you can start. But. Right on. So outside of the Joe Burrow pick – was there any pick that you made in this draft that you, like, the second you made it, you kind of regretted it? I don't know, because I I draft very specifically. I guess I didn't really regret it, but I was very scared for Cortland Sutton because mm-hmm. he, uh, and last year I drafted Jerry Judy, and he did really bad because Russell Wilson did really bad, and the Broncos did really bad. So I was really scared to draft him again, but I was like, I don't even know what round I got him in. It was probably like a late-ish round, not super late, because mm-hmm. he's a, he's still their number one wide receiver. I drafted him. Uh, that was probably like your fifth or sixth. Eighty third overall. Eighty third overall. Yeah, so that would be a sixth rounder. Yeah. Yeah, which is pretty decent for him, but I still was just like scared, even though it's a six round pick, because mm-hmm. I was like, it's just the Broncos, and again, they're just gonna right. Who knows what they're gonna do? Sean. Russ isn't gonna cook. And they're gonna do bad. Sean Payton can only get you so far. Truly, I'm kind of sad that he left the Saints. I would be too. <laughs> so moving away from day of the draft after when you were looking at it going into week one how were you feeling uh week one i was actually feeling pretty good i don't remember what i was projected to do like how many points i was projected to get but it was not the least no it definitely wasn't and uh i expected like uh, uh i don't think i had any players on thursday but oh no i did i had uh Derek mckinnon and he only got two points which was mm-hmm. kind of a bad omen for my week it was and now i guess the the tea leaves were not my favorite they were not now i'm actually i'm very glad that you brought up the jarek mckinnon point because that's something that i meant to highlight earlier in the show what position did you put jarek mckinnon in flex he's like do you mean like where yeah yeah, yeah like, exactly he was my flex because mm-hmm. he was projected to get like i don't know like 12 points or something right which, Put him above all my other bench players because in this D team, except it's 18 people, it's so deep that all the bench players kind of suck. Right. No, they totally do. But this is just a reminder to you in the future and to anyone listening to this show that when you have a player who plays on Thursday night football, even if he's not better than your wide receiver three or your running back two, it's more efficient to put that player in either your wide receiver spot if they're a wide receiver or the running back spot if they're a running back because then later on in the week you have the ability to go oh shit you know what Jarek McKinnon only scored two points for me that's not going to get it done and if you want to make a trade to upgrade your lineup a little bit then you have a more flexible roster because that flex spot's open Hmm, that is a good point Thank I you. did not think of. Thank you. <laughs> Obviously. Well, hey, I mean, 
you don't always have to think about it. Sometimes you just have to listen to the Chopped Guillotine podcast. <laughs> he runs on vibes. Yeah. And that's why I'm at week one. At least the... <laughs> Hindi almost went out two weeks in a row, though. Can we talk about that? Can we you talk know what? About how that... he almost died two, two times in a row. I, I mentioned row? it. I mentioned it earlier in the show, but only very briefly. We can absolutely talk about this right now. <laughs> Grant Himmelman, who I had on um, for episode, I want to say it was episode nine. No, it was episode six. Episode six. We were talking about draft strategies, do's and don'ts, because he was kind of the king of don'ts since he was the first person to get eliminated last year. He was absolutely going to get chopped first this year. Everything on his team was doing bad. He drafted Najee Harris again. You would <laughs> think he would have learned from last year. He didn't. His his top two players were Lamar Jackson, who scored six points, and Najee Harris, who scored five. It was not a good look for Grant Hamilton. But he did something that we recommend people do uh, all the time, and that's send a lot of the fab that you're sitting on for a really high tier player. And the reason that he had the opportunity to do that is because he drafted Alan Lazard and Alan Lazard, even though he was better than the wide receiver that was in his flex, I can't remember what the wide receiver was, but he was a bum scored like a bum too. He put Alan Lazard in the flex instead of that bum. And he was able to have a more flexible trade and get things done. And so this is, on one hand, this is an example of being able to make trades midweek and that being something that can save your season. But it's also an example of Grant Himmelman just being a dumbass, like two years in a row. <laughs> yeah, and I would have survived. But also another thing, Graham Gano lost me eight points. Yeah. And I, if he just made a field goal, even one field goal, right. I would have stayed in. If, if he had made just I, one of those field goals, you were cooking. Because I got 60.98, mm -hmm. and Grant Himmelman got 70. I want to say he 70. was 70.46. Oh, wow. And I was at 68 before Grant, uh, Graham Gano mm -hmm. kicked, missed two kicks. So if he just made one and I know. just only did that, that, I would have survived. That's a brutal swing. Yeah, and we the way that our scoring system is set up is the shorter a kick is the more negative points you get for a kicker missing it and so if a kicker misses a super long kick they actually don't lose any points like if it's 60 plus yards it's like yeah he wasn't gonna make that anyways but if they miss like a you know he missed i want to say a 20 yarder but that's because it was blocked so yeah well he missed a zero to 39 yarder that was mm -hmm. five and then a 40 to 49 yarder which was three yeah so be always know your your league scoring settings. We we've played this league for this is our second year now, so we're familiar with it. But make sure that you're starting a kicker that you think is not going to miss if there's if there's any sort of harsh penalty for a missed kick. We also do negative points for mixed missed extra points because if you're a kicker in the NFL and you miss an extra point, you're a bum. Yeah, Graham Gano is normally good. No, he's normally great. Yeah, he has a really high field goal percentage. Anyways, we're gonna go ahead. And wrap up this interview by me asking one more question. Alex, is there anything that you want to say to the league, to the listeners, or to the players on your team that let you down? Now is your chance to make your voice heard. Joe Burrow, you broke my heart. I've always been a Joe Burrow truther, and you did so bad. Literally, years ago, people were saying that Dak Prescott was better than you, and I did not. I said that you were better. This was the year after his second year. And... 
if, if Joe Burrow, if you're listening to this, he is. I still love you, but you can. You had to put up your worst game of your entire career in week one of my guillotine league and disappoint me. Wow. And also, Derek McKinnon, I guess just to the, the Chiefs in general, why do you just hate your running back? <laughs> <laughs> you just, like, I know you're a Chiefs fan. You can, you can relate. I am a Chiefs fan. Never start a Chiefs running back. It's like, it's just like, why it's like they, russian they have three of them that are decent but they just don't do anything with them it's like playing russian roulette like either nothing great happens or you die and here you are head yeah. on the chopping block yes dead as fuck yeah all right alex rudolph thank you very much for coming in and chatting with me today thank each and every one of you out there for listening this has been the week one exit interviews on the chopped guillotine podcast and we hope to see you all next time goodbye goodbye